Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. I had your microphone on. I'm sorry. Well, welcome. This is the award-winning car talk show In Wheel Time, your weekly go-to all-things automotive place, along with Mike out of this world, Mars, King Conrad DeLong, Jeffrey Zekin. I'm Don Armstrong. Glad that you could join us on this chilly weekend chilly. in the Houston, Texas area. It'd be a good day for chilly. Yes, it would be. Yeah, I, I want glad, you... glad you didn't have it last night. We're yeah, thank you very much. The studio, well, the heater's but... on. Is, so... so that would be the ones with beans. <laughs> Well, that's not Texas chili. There is no, no beans. No. There are well, no I have to tell Texas you that chili. I bought, I bought, well, and it, it was, it was actually Hormel. outdated. Uh, it, but, uh, <laughs> it, it at the discount store? Because it sat in the, in the pantry forever. And so I thought, oh, chili. I'll have me some Wolf brand chili. Mmm. A hot, steaming, delicious bowl of Wolf brand chili. Served over a bag of. Uh, corn chips. No. Do, do not well, use that's, past that's, 1947. That's what, I, that's what I. That's what I should have had. Oh, that's but, spam. They but still I did have not have. I did not have the corn chips. So I opened the can, and I looked at it with no beans, and I thought, you know, it looked like something you'd feed Sue's. Well, it looked like something that was sick. Yeah. Okay. So did you eat it anyhow? I did. <laughs> of course you did. And it was like. Yeah, no. All right. So, Reggie, don't hold this against us whenever it, we Did you have a thermal <laughs> event after? Um, no, it wasn't like that, but it's like, it, I shouldn't <laughs> Let's be. Let's get on to the I shouldn't be Reggie, this. Reggie is waiting on us. Please. Reggie. Well, Please. Sorry, so, Reggie. So, is Reggie, uh, hi, hi, Reggie, how are you? I'm doing well. It's, um, you know, for the South, this is pretty freezing. So, uh, you know, we're not doing the best down here, as you've seen in the news. But other than that, it's great. So you are familiar with uh, Wolf Brand Chili. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I'm a foodie. I, Wolf Brand and all the other miscellaneous exotic chilies, I've I, I had them all. <laughs> well, I, miscellaneous so, chilies. I needed to restock the pantry, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try something different. So I got the H-E-B brand with beans. So that'll be up next uh, this week sometime. Do you have any SpaghettiOs? Uh, no, I don't. George I don't says like use Cheerios if you don't have chips. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> so today's a great day to have all those cars inside your facility there, isn't it? You don't want to be driving oh. any of these out in the out in the cold, yeah. out, out in the ice. No, no, no. Nothing's going out from the garage today. No, no, no. But <laughs> they're good to look at sometimes. <laughs> so, Reggie, uh, you're a, uh, associated with or own, or I'm not exactly sure how all this comes together, but Formula Garage and Reggie Draper seem to be working together. Am I right? Yeah, so, and it, it, that's typically how people see it. Nobody actually knows how it works because we make it extremely complicated for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but, no, so a Formula Garage is actually um, owned by a pal of mine. He, he's the owner-investor. Um, I own Draper Automotive, which is a consulting company, and I'm also his friend. So we kind of collaborated on the idea um, for Formula Really, the idea was based around bringing the um, – Things like the Peterson Museums, European Museums, with all this really um, historic automobile flavor and, and, and artwork and things like that. We would try to bring something like that to the Houston area. That was his vision. Um, so I just kind of worked with him and collaborated to help bring this alive, like the, the design of the place. We collaborated on which vehicles to purchase because everything in here means something. The paint colors uh, mean something. The type of cars mean something. So um, I'm more of a partner in the garage. 
Okay. Well, th that sounds very. How many cars do you have? Oh, um, you know, I'm not sure right now. Uh, <laughs> as, of a, as of a couple of months ago, I think it was about ten. Well, about about ten, you know, ranging from a hundred to about seven hundred thousand dollars in value. Whoa! Oh. Well, I can see. Looking over your shoulder, you guys are into the Porsches. You know, yeah. the, the red one and the silver one with the black hood, at least. And that beauty over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Well, everybody loves yeah. the Viper. Yeah, historically, uh, we really came together um, as friends um, on from a McLaren and Porsche standpoint. I've owned a few Porsches myself um, and a few other vehicles, but we came together around the Porsche world. But I've always been kind of, you know, Porsche and JDM, American Muscle. I've had kind of had a little, all the flavors, so... Um, we try to mix it up. The Viper ACR is actually my favorite car here, along with the, not, um, the GT3 4.0. But I love that Viper, man. That thing right there is just classic. Yeah, it's classic and scary is what that thing is with all that torque and power. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, my buddy Craig Bierman bought one, and he currently has it. And he was telling me, my God, man, you know, and, and this guy is a speed freak. I mean, he's had all of the high-performance cars, has a brand-new Corvette, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he was reminded of the power and the torque in that thing. I don't know what year that one is, but, you know, when they first came out, they had no, no traction. Yeah. control they were they were oh, yeah. cars you had to know right. how to drive yeah we don't need no stinking traction <laughs> control so <laughs> reggie uh do you guys have events there or is it just a sales place tell me it is um all of the above i guess uh, so we do have events it's actually more uh, tailored towards events now uh we've had multiple porsche events uh certain automotive shows here um like local shows uh some people just come out to rent it out privately we've had people um, have like a major anniversary here because their husband loved cars and we brought all the cars out and they just partied and golfed over vehicles and we started them up. You know, just cool things, bring something different to the table. Uh, but we also do, uh, you know, there is a, I do brokering out of here as well, as well as we have a partner that rents out uh, exotic vehicles in here as well. But in general, Formula Garage is built around um, uh, the event stage and it being expanded to automotive storage, like high-end storage. So that's the next phase. Where is Formula Garage? Where? Yeah. It is uh, Houston, Texas, near uh, right, directly south of I-10 inside the loop. It's right, right north of Washington Avenue. Oh, okay. 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 All right. So it's easy. Right, right there near the Budweiser distributor. <laughs> well, not quite. Yeah. I, I, would, I would think that it would be closer to Memorial Park. It wouldn't, wouldn't I be right? Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. It's not too far from Memorial Park. Obviously, we're um, uh, we're east of that, but not not too far at all. So, people who are interested in using the facility, or as you move into the the high end storage, how can people how can people find you on the, online? So, go to formulagarage.com. That's simple as that. The normal spelling for formula and normal spelling for garage.com, and you can go in there and see what the garage has, what we offer. Um, and we can also, again, set up some things to rent out, whether it's a small event or a large event. Well, I have to tell you that I did go online before we went on the air today, and I did take a sneak peek in there, and it looks almost like a, a surgical suite. Though. I mean, that floor is just as spotless as it can be. Everything in there is in its place, and I thought, wow, look at this, man. This is my kind of place. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because you'll find everything in here except for a mechanic's corner. That's why it's so clean. <laughs> so uh, we don't right as of right now, not too much work is done. So we're, it's easy to keep everything exceptionally clean. 
Uh, but the expansion will see more to come. But no, thank you. Well, we try to keep it nice and tidy. Well, it strikes me as being, like you mentioned, a venue for birthday parties. Uh, actually, nothing to do with cars whatsoever. Uh, uh, any kind of an event that you could possibly think of to have it in this unique location, that's what tricks people's minds into thinking, wow, this is really cool. Who would have thought about having a corporate meeting here? Exactly, exactly. And it helps that we have um, some facilities upstairs to where you can spend the night or rent out over the long term. So that helps the cost. Oh, and, wow. And, and as you expand into the storage part of it, um, you're in a great location for the storage being not too far from the Heights, not being too far from the Galleria area. Cause there's a lot of people out there that have got some high end cars that oh, yes. are looking for a safe, secure place to, to uh, manage the cars for them as well. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So I was looking at some of your pictures online. Uh, I'd hope to share them here, but we're, we're having a little technical deal this morning, but you've also got like a, like a classroom looking facility there. Uh, it, it looked like, for meetings or something, I suppose. So um, there is, I, I think you, the classroom um, that you mentioned is probably the arcade. I'm like, I'm assuming. If you see monitors, yes. <laughs> yeah. So if it's monitors, that is that is a simulation arcade. So we have um, about six racing simulators in there, wow. um, including one kind of high end PC to do VR, 4K, and all this cool stuff that gets you sick every time you sit down. <laughs> uh, uh, but we, we go do uh, we do simulation racing uh, on the um, Xboxes. So and I want to know when are we going wow. to have the uh, in wheel time show event over there? I think we should have it as soon as our schedule allows. That means I am ready. I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. How cool is that? All right. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm thinking this would be a, a great evening event, probably on a Sunday evening because if we had it on a Friday the Saturday show would not be good. Oh, like like we like we worry too much about <laughs> We would we yeah. would have to have it from there on from Saturday. From there, yeah. that's right. Or or we could have the show from there. That oh, that would be yeah. a nice uh, a treat for us as well. Well, um so are you selling any cars these days? Um well, there's potential. We potentially we have one Ferrari going up for sale, uh, but because I'm not yet sure if we're going to sell it, I'm not going to name it. <laughs> but there's potentially one up for sale. But outside of that, me uh, in, in particular, I'm always doing you know buying, selling, and flipping. Uh, you know, different vehicles that you know are popular or just hard to get. I typically focus on what you know what what is the highest demand vehicle. So my specialty right now, ironically, is JDM. You know, when I was a kid, I would just read magazines all day, all night, whether it was American, Japanese, German. So I absorbed all this information. So I kind of understand what the old, you know, what the 25 year old market is. So these days I'm kind of looking at Japanese cars because the market is, I don't know if you've seen it, but it is the hottest market I've seen probably since the Porsche market 15 years ago. Have you had any JDM events there? Um, Actually, one is coming up. Um, there's one coming up, and I'm actually going to host one that I have coming in, uh, R32 GTR. We're probably going to have it in March sometime, so it, it should be interesting. And we'll try not to neon light the city up. So, Well, yeah, well, uh, pl please let us know because uh, I want to attend if, I, if it's possible. I, I've, been, I've been trying to uh, immerse myself into that whole thing. I know there's a TV show that I really do like uh, out of uh, L.A. That's a JDM-type show, and uh, uh -huh. so we, we'd really like to uh, – Get immersed in it. And well, that was my question. Lilenthal's that we talked to. That's right. all JD. And that was my question for Reggie. When are you going to get your TV show? Everyone else has one. I 
I, I, that's a great question. Who is holding me back from this TV show? I've been trying to figure this out for the last five years. <laughs> I, really, I, I really do. I, I think it'd be fun to um, have a TV. I've, I've been uh, poking some friends around some of the, the review places. Um, I kind of poked some and see if I can get to BBC as if like I'm this awesome person or something. I'm like, hey, if you don't try, you never know. That's right. right. And, and it's interesting. <laughs> you talk about the JDM. There's a lot of Japanese domestic market vehicles in Houston um, that that we see come out to some of the meets and stuff. You know, the, the Skyline slash GTR is, are the ones everybody knows of, but there's plenty of others on the Toyota side of things um, oh, yeah. as well as on the Honda side of things. I'm amazed at how many um, Japanese market cars are here in Houston that are out and about. Oh, yes. yeah, It's, it's a massive scene. Um, and, you know, it really scaled for us, I would say, somewhere – Later 90s is when it really starts scaling, later 90s, 2000s. But it started really started in Japan in the early 90s. So we're now, because these cars are legal, they're, they're flooding from Japan and Australia and, and, and China over to the U.S. Um, so that's why prices are literally rocketing probably 100% over the last 18 months. That's, it's ridiculous. I've never seen anything like this before. Well, I would imagine that unlike Amazon, there is a, a shipping charge. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of shipping charge. That's the worst part of it. And, and the COVID nineteen thing has not helped. It is. It, it'll take you a good five months to get something if you buy it in Japan, right? Yeah. Now. No Plus, doubt. now with the twenty five year old rule, you're getting into that era of Japanese domestic cars exactly. that are even more desirable exactly. because you're you're now what are we in the ninety six range 96. of cars. Uh, that are becoming available for importation, um, and those are really high on the on the desire line. Reggie, what kind of car do you drive, or do you drive all different ones, whatever's in the shop? I the, the latter, everything's in the shop. Uh, but I also uh, right now I own my I have a BMW M3, I have an E46. Um, you know, I've had a few Porsches, but right now I'm like, man, I really want to kind of focus on just one simple, fun driver's car. When I was a child, I always. The E46 M3 was one of my dream cars. So it's, you know how you have those vehicles that yep. may not be the most expensive thing or the fastest thing, but you just love it to death. Yes. And, and that's the E46 M3 to me. So that, that's my current drive. That was, that was Don's dream car was his Corvair that he had built and has since sold and moved on. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Never to go back again. Amy should take it to the Dakar. Yeah, no, I'm. Shop, shop no, it's, it's gone. It, it, that's not. Uh, it, no, that is not. So, are you guys also engaged in any of the uh, the big meets here in town? Are you guys putting on any of your own meets, or just your uh, your small shows there at the facility? We have done some. I've done some, but uh, we are typically involved with some of the meets. Um, Coffee and cars, I think, is getting ready to reengage. Right, uh, the, right. the car culture. Um, you know, we we're really engaged with Anthony over there with the car culture and some other meets. Uh, so, yeah, we're pretty engaged, even the, the uh, specific, like, PCA meets and some of the other McLaren things. So um, uh, you'll see a lot coming from um, McLaren Club of Houston, which is actually, um, I would say, it was championed by Formula Garage. So that's going to be cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, you know, do you ever do any cruise-ins? That's kind of a stupid question. I wouldn't imagine. Well, with those kind of cars, you want to go cruising. You know, those yeah. are, that's what you want to take out for a spin. So tailpipes yeah. and tacos next Saturday if I the weather permits. About to say the same yeah. thing. We'd love to meet you. Come on out there. That's going to be over at uh, Loopy Tortilla in Katy. Uh, okay. out, out Kingsland there. and 99. Yeah, Kingsland and 99, which is right off of I-10 and 99. Come on out, Reggie. I'll, I'll find you out there. 
Yeah, yeah you had me at tacos. I, I was good at tacos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they also have uh, Bloody Marys and margaritas. So, I Mimosas. mean, you know, some, somewhere along the way we can connect, I'm sure. Nice. No, I'm, I'm all down for that. <laughs> all right. Well, Reggie, it's great to talk to you. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for bringing us inside the Formula One garage down there off of Washington Avenue, just south of I-10. Kind of a great new idea for the Houston market. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we look for you next weekend, and if we happen to miss you by some chance, uh, we, must, uh, we must connect. Come on up and introduce yourself. We'll be Thank you. on, we'll, on the deck. We'll I'll, I'll try our best to get out there, and if nothing else, we're going to do some more in-wheel time at Formula Garage, and we'll definitely figure something out. So I appreciate the time, and thanks for allowing us to show a little bit about Formula Garage. Thanks, Reggie. Formula One Garage and Draper Automotive. Just Formula Garage. I'm sorry. Yeah, just formula. Just, just formula. But that's okay. You added the one. So they, I, I, they're I the did. top of the list, they're so they number can be one, number yeah. one. I watched. I just have to tell you this. <laughs> I watched. You can, you can take him off, Jeff. Um, I watched this week a very interesting, very interesting a documentary. Do you remember Willie T. Ribs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a Trans Am racer back in, I'm going to say, 80s-ish. Yeah. He, he also did he, NASCAR. He did some NASCAR. I think his One his, time. his call to fame was Trans Am racing, mm-hmm. and he was racing. I can't remember if he was doing Mustangs or the Mercury Capri Mustang version. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was unbelievably successful. He was also uh, did a, a segment on that show out of Vegas with. Uh Oh gosh, the guy that does all the county cars. No, yeah, county cars. He the did count, a segment on whatever. that, I believe, something like that. Well, I have to tell you that this was the most engaging. I couldn't stop watching it. Engaging documentary, and it's called Uppity. Well, huh. I have to go look for it. Uppity it was it was on it was on Netflix, and I watched it this week, and uh, it really struck a nerve with me. I don't know how or why. It's on some subliminal level. I don't know. But uh, it was really, really good, and I would encourage everybody to watch it. You know, his trials and tribulations, he's black. Yeah. And, uh, and the trials and tribulations that he went through, because he, his mindset was that, that he was not I'm a race car driver. Bingo. I am a race car driver, and I'm successful, and I'm effective, and the struggles he had getting funded to do that. Yeah, and you're going, What? That you went through that? You've got to be kidding yeah, me. Why? Put all because, all, why why all do you have to do? I mean, you shouldn't have to do some of these. And, he was and, a damn good race car driver. Yeah, and and he did have a bit of an attitude, kind well, of like unlike Dale Earnhardt had. But an he's attitude. a self promoter, and that some people look at that as attitude, <laughs> and other people look at it as this is what I have to Initiative. do to get funded. That's the success to do the things it, yeah. I do because it takes hundreds of thousands. Absolutely of dollars. fascinating. You must I watch it. Yeah, watch it. uppity. You can't, I mean, how can you forget that name? All right. Um, time now for This Week in Auto History. Okay. And, I, Jeffrey's and, got a little quick video to run with this. I absolutely okay. do. And, um, in 1900. I remember that well. We, we know you <laughs> sure did. did. J.W. Packard received his first automotive patent after forming his company. So, you know, again, as this is the very first uh, Packard that was, that was produced. Uh, in I ni- like it. Yeah, in 19... 19- and look, it's a tiller steering. It has just a stick that you steer with, not a steering wheel. In 1909, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Corporation uh, was incorporated by Carl Fisher as president. And the first couple of races at Indy... Of Fisher body? Yep. Oh, nice. uh, uh And the first couple of races were just on dirt. It wasn't until later that they actually put the bricks in. 
Um, so I, I thought, and you can see the pagoda there. In 1937, after a 44-day sit-down strike at the Fisher Body Plant in Flint, Michigan, General Motors President uh, Alfred E. Sloan, Alfred P. Sloan, signed the first union contract. I thought you were going to say Alfred E. Newman. I was thinking <laughs> yeah, the first union contract in the history of the U.S. automobile industry. But one of the things about this strike is they it, it turned into an out-and-out riot with police shooting at them, them destroying the building, um, and and quite a number of people getting hurt. Well, so if you look there, the militia was, mobilized, the troops ready as auto strike. You could just read the whole article right, right there. Right, yeah. So that was uh, pretty amazing that from that kind of, kind unlike, of a riot. Not too far, that, unlike of what happened on uh, January the 6th. Yeah. Well, yeah, but this was all about work. That You know, this was, uh, this was you know, trying to develop a union a different. In, out there. So And that's what they did. And then in 1938, uh, Harvey Samuel Firestone, the founder of Firestone Tire Company, uh, passed away at age 69. Mm. And I'm thinking... What year? 1938. Wow. I I didn't realize that the Firestone name that we know is actually his son. But it's another Harvey Firestone. So you got to remember, Firestone tied his company to... Uh, the Model T mm-hmm. with Henry Ford yeah. at the inception. That they were the, pals. Right. That was the only tire and, you could get on a Model T. Was it T. the Firestone daughter married the Ford son, or was it the other way around? I think it was the other way around. Okay. I think it was the other way around. And then in 1942, the federal government uh, ordered and uh, FDR ordered uh, the wartime production act, which all the auto manufacturers started building things for World War II. And I'm going to get a little further into that with some seg- segments in the future about yeah, they actually- what Ford built, what GM built, what Chrysler built. It's relatively amazing how they turned the auto industry into war production and did it. Wasn't a- there a representative of Ford Motor Company that actually joined the service and then he went to the manufacturers to do that? I'm yes. Not- okay. Uh, and... Um, uh, uh, and it again happened for Vietnam when McNamara left uh, that's, that's General crazy. Motors and went to the federal wow, government. Wow, look at that logo. That is the original logo of NASCAR in 1948. Hey, are you taking my logo segments? No, just this NASCAR <laughs> logo. But how cool is that with the little wings on the back of the cars and stuff? I, I thought that was interesting considering stock cars. Uh, that was their first logo for NASCAR. And that was, uh, you know, what was that? Red and white checkers. 60, 63 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Careful. <laughs> no, actually, it was 73 years ago. Careful. In 1951, Marshall Teague drove the Hudson Hornet to uh, his uh, victory at the Beach Oval of the Daytona uh, Grand National Race in Florida. In 1953, the Willys Overland Company uh, bought cool. Jeep. The Jeep name. You're going too quick. Sorry, me, Jeffrey. sorry. Bought fingers, the Jeep name a cold. to celebrate its golden <laughs> anniversary. And then in 1958, the Ford Thunderbird produced its first four-seat car. So that was the, the when Ford Thunderbird went to more luxury. That, yeah, that was the of end of the car. Thunderbird, the beginning well, actually, of the end. My grandfather had one of those. I, I, I remember that car. He Still had a, the beginning was, of the end. Like, well, Thunderbird lasted through the 80s. Yeah, I like you know, that. You know, there was some pretty cool Thunderbirds in the 80s. Okay. One of our guitar players has a, has a new one. And then, you know, Don's favorite is uh, Ralph Nader testified before the Senate in 1966, complaining about cars endlessly and all the problems associated with cars. But his book of 1965, Unsafe at Any Speed, marked the end of the Chevy Corvair. For you know, all intents and purposes. And then in 1985, uh, uh, Sir William Lyons, the founder of Jaguar, passed away. Jaguar. 
Jaguar, Jaguar at uh, 84 in Warwickshire, England. It's and a pretty car. I don't have pictures for this, but I thought this was interesting. In 1989, Ford Motor Company announced a net income of $5.3 billion, the world record for the automotive company. And then GM said, hold my beer. (laughs) In 2008... Uh, in an attempt to cut costs, General Motors uh, offered buyouts to all 74,000 of its hourly employee as uh, General Motors announced, again, hold my beer, a net loss of $43 billion in 2007, go. which led to the collapse of General Motors and the loss of my job after 25 years with GM. But I am so much happier that and I'm now, not bitter at all. And so oh, much no. happier that I'm now working for BG Products. Uh, a couple of headlines to tell you about. After passing for years on the automotive EV rush, Toyota Motor North America now says it, too, will introduce two battery electric vehicles and another plug-in hybrid in 2021. The vehicle is expected to go on sale in the U.S. in 2022. One of the EVs will be the Toyota brand, and one will be a crossover SUV, and they'll be imported, at least initially, from Japan. Okay. There you go. No, no surprise there. Well, the, the funny thing, not funny, but, you know, it's odd because uh, Toyota had been the number one producer of vehicles worldwide for a number of years, and they were overtaken last year by, by uh, excuse me, Volkswagen was the number one producer of vehicles, building 9.3 million vehicles uh, in 2020, and Toyota overtook them in 2020, building 9.5 million vehicles. Well, Tesla built its own so-called walled garden of car charging stations, now EVgo. Heard them before. Uh, trying to lure some of Elon Musk's vehicles into the wild. The independent network of car plugs owned by LS Power said it will retrofit half of its 800 U.S. charging stations to accommodate Tesla vehicles. Because you can't take a Tesla vehicle to an EVgo place. Because the plugs are different. Plugs are different. Which come with a proprietary plug not seen on rival electric cars. It also plans to include Tesla ports at 200 stations to be built by year's end. The strategy should give EVgo a jolt of revenue as it waits for a parade of electric vehicles promised from the automakers. And uh, I know that... uh, Old spark plug up in Dallas. Uh, he's oh yeah, uh, good good for them. Buzz. Yeah, buzz. So is somebody making an adapter? Just uh, yeah, yeah, I can make, yeah, plug. Yeah, make Who a Brazilian. Don't know. Yeah. EVgo swerve towards Tesla comes a few weeks after it announced a deal to go public via a special purpose acquisition company. So there's that. Did you look on Facebook at the picture I posted of the Tesla superchargers? There's like 15 or 20 of them, and they're sitting in a parking lot somewhere, yeah, and it's in flooded. Underwater. And the water is like eight inches deep. It's like, yeah, let me plug that 440 in while I'm standing in <laughs> no. deep water. Honey, can you go plug this in for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I'm telling you, everybody's saying, oh, EV, 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 and they're going to sell a bunch of them, and then people are going to go, how long does it take me to get a charge? I, I'm kind of uh, late for an appointment. Call Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Mark my word, it's going to happen. Okay, time for a quick break now. You're on the In Wheel Time Car Show. Stay with us. 
Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's premier cruise-in, and you're invited to join in. Whether you're a cruiser or spectator, Tailpipes and Tacos is the place to enjoy made-to-order breakfast tacos, fresh coffee, and mingle with Houston's fun car people. Mark your calendar for Saturday, February 20th for Tailpipes and Tacos at the Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant in Katy, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tailpipes and Tacos is free, and everyone's invited. You'll see collector cars, hot rods, customs, magnificent originals, and resto mods all at one location. Cars from all over Southeast Texas cruise in and show off in a friends and family event at the Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard just south of I-10 in Katy. Drag racer, car enthusiast, and Loopy founder Stan Holt brings you Houston's hottest cruise in, tailpipes and tacos, Saturday, February 20th, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Loopy's in Katy. The in time car show will be there, too. Get your ride ready, and we'll see you at the tailpipes and tacos Saturday morning cruise in, February 20th, 8 to 11 a.m. at Loopy's in Katy, weather permitting. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.